Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Thursday. I am in such a glorious mood. Wow, to what do we owe the pleasure? Well, so many things. One, my move is done. So that stress is off my plate. Two, I'm a naturally happy person. So when I don't have something like so harrowing and stressful, I'm my gorgeous, glorious, delightful self. But you said you wouldn't be able to be happy until this evening. What sped up your timetable? Um, well, the home organizers with a good constitution, done and done, <laughs> they are at my place doing all the unpacking and organizing. So like, what's better than things like being taken care of? I agree. And I'm with my girl Jax, and I'm just feeling good. I'm so happy for this change of tune, really. I also hate, like, when I come on an episode and I'm not able to, like, get past my own whatever shit. Like, sometimes that happens where you're just in a mood. And it feels like I can't properly, like, do my job. And every single day, like, I have a million things to do. But the one thing I always have to do is, you know, be myself on the toast. And so when my personal angst starts to affect that, I, I get mad at myself. And it starts to Claudia. Claudia. You were a Claudia yesterday. But I came out of it, and when I was done, I felt so much better. First, you were a storm Claudia. All right, don't put me in another bad mood. And I'm then, doing my best. What's a, what's, a, what's a nice cloud? You know, a nice, puffy, white cloud. A summer's day. You're a summer's day. You're a summer's day. Thanks. Um. So... I vlogged the whole experience. Right. It is already on Patreon. I was like, let me get the girlies what they need. And the vlog takes a kind of a crazy turn at one point. Um, and I wanted to talk about this on the toast because the more I talk about it, the more I get people's experience and feedback and the better I feel. So during the vlog, Theo was staying with Ben's parents because moving is just like stressful and there was like nowhere for Theo to hang out. And Theo's been like acting a little weird. He appears to have like a leg that's hurting him. And we thought it would go away and then it didn't. So Ben's mom was so generous and was like, while I have him, I'll take him to the vet for you. Like, oh my God, queen. Cause you know, my ass was like never taking him. And every time Theo goes to the vet, he gets like a checkup of, of course, but because he's a King Charles Cavalier and they're as a breed predisposed to heart problems, they always do like an extra, you know, checkup on his heart. And every time we go, they say no heart murmur. And we're like, great, great, great. This time, of course, busy season. We weren't even thinking about the heart. He, at the age of six, has developed a heart murmur. And this is something, I'm literally going to cry, but I'm really going to try not to. This is something, you know, we grew up with a Cavalier. We know that this is a part of their life. And that's why we're so crazy about keeping them fit and healthy. So it's always been top of mind. I knew this was something we were going to have to deal with at some point. You know, my delusional dream, I thought it would be 30 years down the road. 
Um, it's a grade two out of five, which is moderate. And what that means is that either it stays a two, he goes on meds, lives with it, not a big deal, or it's the beginning of like heart problems. So I found out while I was in the movie, in the midst of vlogging and moving, and I didn't know if I should like include it in the vlog. And I like recorded something and I felt so stupid, like being so upset and recording something. But I don't know. I was like alone and I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I was like in the whole day, every 10 minutes updating the vlog about what was going on. And like, this was what was going on. So I wasn't sure if I was going to include it. And I ended up including it. And I'm so glad that I did because so many people reached out to me who have Cavaliers, but who also just have dogs and was like, oh my God, we found out our dog had a heart murmur, like same experience, wanted to die. And he's lived with it completely fine. They told me stories of their dogs who lived to be 14. And then I spoke to my friend Shannon yesterday, not Ford, but my friend Shannon from LA, who is like a dog professional like she has probably a hundred dogs she's like a foster and she's like oh please I had a dog who showed up at my house 12 years old they told me he was gonna live for another day and he lived four more years like a heart murmur you can live with so I feel actually really glad that I shared it because so many people shared their positive experiences um but that was kind of a, a turning point in the vlog yeah, I would say so. And I think that's also contributed to your mood yesterday. I know you weren't talking For about sure. it on the show yesterday, but you were, uh, you know, rightfully torn up about it. But I know our boy is fierce. Our boy is strong. This dry sand. I'm looking at my um, Theo pillow over there. Oh, wishing I had it my here. Bruno. Wishing I had it here to give him a hug, you know? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, they go on meds and then twice a year you take them to a cardiologist and it should be... Okay, unless he has some crazy, and this is just like the beginning, he goes to grade two, three, four, five. Like, hopefully that's not the case. I was prepared for news like this in my lifetime. Like, I knew that this was coming. I just wasn't prepared for it to happen on like this crazy busy day where I'm moving and he was going to the bed for something else. Yeah. Well, but that's bad, bad news waits for nobody. We're with you. And whatever you. you need, whatever Theo needs, he obviously gets his health insurance through the toast. So yeah, we will provide whatever he needs. Thank you for being like my employer has been really amazing throughout this whole situation. That's really like all you can hope for. No, it's true. And like, let's talk about employers that are not like gracious and flexible when something like actually happens to a person. Not enough people talk about that. Like when you work at a corporate job, they have like weird rules, like family member death. Oh, was it immediate family? Oh, if not, you get X. Like it's so weird. Like people are people. Do they have that? I, I've never yes. thought about it. Yes, because uh, someone I know just lost someone in their immediate family. I'm like, well, what are you doing about work? And she was telling me that they have like, you know, well, if it's immediate family, you get X. If it's a grandma, like you get X. But like some people's grandparents are their mothers, right. you know? Right. So I just think that's like a weird thing not enough people talk about. Like grief when it comes to like, of course, we're always talking about parental and maternal leave, which is so important. So important. We should still keep having those conversations. But like, what about grief? Grief leave. Grief leave. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. It doesn't. Well, you need to come up with another word for it. I guess it's like personal time. No, I think like maybe grievance leave. It's just like grief leaf is weird. I got it. A leave of grievance. A leave of grievance. Yeah. Like a leave of absence. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that sounds really nice. Yeah. But grief so is So it's just personal. been a crazy few days. Grief is personal, you know? That's true. Some people like want to go back to work almost immediately and then six months time like have a breakdown because they didn't properly grieve. So maybe they need that leave of grievance in six months. Yeah. But I understand like the corporation's trying to put together some sort of framework, you know, like. But they could do better. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to leave They could do better flexible. in everything. Everyone yeah. could do better, I think. Uh, what could I do? From, aside from us. Of course. <laughs> what could I do better, Jax? Curbing my moods? 
No, because I think that's just the ebb and flow of life. You're still human. I still want you to no. be human. No. no, because I like it. You look absolutely gorgeous and radiant today. Did you do something different with your foch? What are you referring to? No, your I didn't. Your skin is glowy. You look like almost maybe like you stepped into the sun for 30 seconds. No, still homebound. If anything, last week I was in the sun more because I was walking more. This week I'm not walking so much because I twisted my ankle. <laughs> Can we tell everyone? Oh my God, this is the funniest story. Jackie twisted her ankle, which like... I feel like adults don't do. And like, especially, do I don't think, I feel like sober people don't do. Like the feeling yeah. that I have in my ankle right now, like I'm having flashbacks to college. I feel like there was a, I took a couple nasty spills like in high Jeffrey Campbell heels and like yep. my ankle was twisted for months. It felt this way. So tell everyone the story about this weekend when you twisted your ankle. So this weekend I, I twisted my ankle being a moron and <laughs> it's just like completely my fault. And like, it's something that I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like, I mean, like, I feel red in the face of how stupid I was. We were Jackie, it sounds like you need to unburden, unburden yourself. Yeah, I, but I feel like I did in my personal life, but I guess on the show. So we were having a family outing, and we were parked somewhere, and, like, we there was a really long way around to get onto the sidewalk. I also mm-hmm. didn't feel like that route was the safest because it was, like, there was cars and everything. But we could just, like, cross over the grass to get to the sidewalk much quicker and other people a cut through a cut through and other people were cutting through the grass because I thought oh maybe it's like swampy no or ticks or ticks but other people were cutting through so I was like let's just cut through and it was much like deeper than I anticipated and I twisted my ankle <laughs> and it was so painful I couldn't even go on I had to walk back to the car and I sat in the car with Charlie the whole time and Zach and- While the family outing. Yeah, well, Zach and Harry went on the outing. We like waited in the car for an hour until they were done. Like I, I literally couldn't move. I'm so sorry about your ankle. Nothing takes a girl out like a sprained ankle. So I had an ace bandage, which really helped. I've been wearing that the last few days and my ankle was feeling better, but I slept on it badly last night. And now this morning it's hurting again. I, I don't actually understand the science behind an ace bandage. Like, how does wrapping it up help? Like, compressing it so it can't, you know, fester and sort of fall apart. I guess. Like, kind of like putting it back together, pushing it inward. Mm. Yeah, because you got to wrap it real tight. Real tight. Like, the swollenness, you got to push it in. It really, okay. honestly, the ace bandage really did help. And I blame Streisand for today's pain. He took up the whole bed last night. Mm. I, like, so my ankle was just like, it went wherever it could. Yeah, I understand. But I still love you, Streisand. I nope. love you, Streisand. No hard feelings. Yes, I do. By the way, we have an amazing show today. Uh, yesterday, we did not do Dear Toasters, and we're still not doing it today because when we thought, all right, we have to do Dear Toasters, should we do Thursday or Friday? Friday's episodes always feel like a little like lacking substance because nothing ever happens on a Friday. So now we have Friday Dear Toasters, which is fabulous. Yeah, and I guess we could do a little TV recap today because... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was on. I didn't finish it because Charlie needed um, a, a quiet, calm environment. And like, I had to turn the TV off. I didn't even want to, but I had to. He so, needed a quiet woman. Yeah. And he needed Eagle Woman and you weren't there. Yeah. So we'll do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. I watched it and I also watched Watch Happens Live, which I have. I mean, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was so boring. I don't know what we could possibly recap, but... Watch Happens Live was full of interessante facts. Okay, cool. So we'll recap that. We've got the Fast Five stories. And I think without further ado, we should get into it because I know Turdy's got a busy day. I've got a busy day. I'm doing another podcast after this. Whose? Um, it's called, what's wrong with me? I literally know what it's called. It's called What's Wrong With Me? That's actually a good name for a podcast. That is a good name for a podcast. No, I Honestly, maybe Jackie, don't say it now because it's oh, like I know rude. Oh, I know what it is. No, but, because why? Because now it's like rude. I didn't know. Yeah, don't say it. 
but I know what it is. And I'm actually really excited. I don't do podcasts, other podcasts that often. I'm very like choosy because, you know, it's a lot to have an hour long conversation with someone. It could be so awkward. But these girls seem great. I'm excited to chit chat. I am also doing some content after this. Mm. Who remembers last year when I met Mark Schoenwetter, the love of my life, who was a Holocaust, who was a Holocaust survivor. We did uh, like a Hanukkah video series. That's how we met. We were paired up. And because we connected so fiercely last year, we're doing it again this year. I actually spoke to him last week. We did a Zoom call. Um, And this year's is actually really funny because (laughs) Mark has been cooking all week his like favorite Jewish Eastern European dishes and I'm going to have to try them. Do you know what he's making? I do know what he's making. I don't want to spoil it. I also don't remember like the entire menu list. They asked me like to approve certain things. Like there are certain things I will just won't eat like a f- kreplach. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not eating I that. actually think you'll like some of it because like probably some of it's stuff that we grew up with. Like is he going to make a cabbage soup? No, he's not going to make a cabbage soup. He's making a few like of his cornerstone items. I'm not going to spoil it. But that video will be up soon. I just, I, any day I get to spend with Mark, a dream. I told Turdy this, but for Shabbat this week, I'm making something I've never made before that I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm like craving it. No, it, listen, go I don't off even know if I've just ever, because I think it's gross. I don't even know if I've ever had it. Me neither, by the way. In my life, but I saw a reel, a cooking reel of it. And what I'm making is beef stew. Now, is it chullant? Similar. Chillant like chillant, is beef stew. Chili, beef stew are all very similar. So it's like a... T- I don't know. It's like beef cooked in like a tomato soup sort of thing. Oh, tomato. And I do believe wine. So chillant is like a classic Jewish dish. It's really like a beef stew. But it's really chunky. This is like meat chunks and broth. And oh, potatoes chillant and carrots. Has like pota- oh, that's literally chillant. It's not chillant. No, potatoes, carrots, beef in like a stew. That's... Chillant. It's a stew. A beef stew. Also known as chillant, the stew of our people. Well, I'm, they were making chillant in uh Shettel. Shettel. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Well, I'm gonna make a beef stew because I saw it on a reel. So first I wanted to copy the real recipe, but the creator doesn't have like a recipe website, so I'd have to like keep reading the caption, which uh no. No. So I Googled beef stew recipe, but I also wanted to put it to the people. Anyone know of a great beef stew recipe? Do you want me to check my J. Cohen cookbook? You can check it. I trust him now. Yeah, me too. That I'm actually the first like real meal me and Ben are going to make. Maybe not this Friday because like we're still a little chaotic. Maybe next Friday for Shabbat. I want to make the brisket. I really also want to make the brisket again. And also why I want to make beef stew. It's like something hearty and warm like that will be really good for my milk supply. Oh, they yeah. were onto something in that shtetl. They were onto something because a few weeks ago, my friend Sam had a baby right around when I did. And we were like comparing, you know, pumping amounts. And she was like, oh my God, I got so much this morning. I had beef stew last night. I was like, yeah, oh. like they say like warm food is really good, like liquidy food. So oh, you got to make the brisket too. I want to make the brisket. Maybe I'll wait till you're back. I'm going to sit oh, and I would eat love a whole that. brisket by myself. And if you don't know what brisket we're talking about, you have to become a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. There are two back-to-back vlogs for Rosh Hashanah this year. Olivia made a brisket. Jackie made a brisket. Jackie and I like followed this recipe from a cookbook I had just got in PR from Jake Cohen, the TikToker. And honestly, it was the craziest thing ever, but it ended up being the most insanely delicious, amazing thing. So between the moving vlog, the brisket, it's never a bad time to become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash 
the toast. Yeah, good stuff over there. We've got two more episodes coming at you this month, and they are Good Ones podcast episodes for the podcast listeners. Yeah, we had a lot of vlogs this month. My Jackie's uh, children's book vlog for launch week. Oh, my God, wait, we didn't even talk about how, like, we're stars. On Entertainment Tonight? Yeah, so last week, last week was such a crazy week because Jackie was here for her book and then everything was happening in Israel and like we like literally didn't know how to function. That was two was weeks that last ago. Week? You were in okay. LA last week. Oh my God. So uh, Entertainment Tonight, we had scheduled for them to come to interview us, do like a studio tour, talk about Jackie's book, just talk about the toast. And it was so good. It just came out on digital and I think it airs this weekend. If you go to Entertainment Tonight, you should be able to find it. We talk about everything. The book, how we started the toast, our favorite guests, our least favorite guests, Ozempic, of course. I can't leave my house without talking about it. And actually, the first thing in my apartment was Ozempic. The first thing before any of the you boxes got You to get it right there. in the fridge. Right in the fridge. Priorities. Yeah, well... If that thing drops in temperature, I'm screwed. No, the Entertainment Tonight segment was so good. It was fun. And there's just like kind of a lot of behind the scenes stuff about your girls that you might not know. I feel like everyone knows everything about us, but they found like mm-hmm. a new fresh angle to keep it fresh. 100%. So check that 100%. out. 100%. Certified fresh. What's that? Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's what I when thought. Some, when something's good, they call it certified fresh. I don't really like to talk about Rotten Tomatoes or give them any sort of credence because I think the entire... It's rigged. Philosophy, the philosophy of their brand is broken and flawed. No, there are broken people. I mean, that's never been more clear. It's so rigged and fraudulent, and they act as if they're the voice of the people, and they're the voice of nobody. They speak for nobody except for maybe like a couple curmudgeon critics. Curmudgeon critics. Couldn't have said it better myself. So now, without further ado, so now. do to do. Here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by Rakuten. Very exciting. Just lost my... Very exciting. My my tab. Okay. Today's episode of The Toast is brought to you by Rakuten, where you can shop for everything from fashion to beauty and home decor to groceries. Rakuten makes it so easy to earn cash back when you shop at thousands of brands across almost every category. And with holiday shopping around the corner, Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because you can stack holiday sales and deals on top of cash back to maximize your savings. Some of our favorite brands like Elf Cosmetics, Dyson, Stanley are all part participating in Rakuten's Cyber Monday and Black Friday deals. And during Black Friday to Cyber Monday are the highest cashback rates of the year, all the way up to 15% cashback on the stores you are already shopping. Black Friday and Cyber Monday can be overwhelming, but with Rakuten, they are making it easy to earn cash back and get all your holiday shopping done. Start all your shopping trips at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. With all the money we're spending in the next few months because of the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, like... You better be doing the most to earn cash back, to be maximizing deals and just taking advantage of all that. And Rakuten is the number one place to start. They will help you out. And they also have just fabulous brands like Dyson. Hello. Hello. So shop at Rakuten.com or get the uh, Rakuten app. It's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That's the app to start saving today. Your cash back really does add up. Today's episode is also brought to you by Saks. We are always doing our best when it comes to looking fabulous on the podcast. Oh my God. You know what we used to say? We're Maxinistas. We're Saxonistas. We're Saxonistas. I love that. 
So sometimes their pajama uniforms and sweatshirts do need a little bit of an upgrade. And that's why we love shopping at Saks.com for everything from podcast looks to GNO outfits and more. It's also just easy to shop on the Saks website. They have so many different categories. You can go specific. Like when I go on vacation, I always do like a haul. And they have a vacation edit. They have... um work edit, wedding guest. They just make it really easy to find exactly what you're looking for because they have pages and pages of really beautiful things, but their categories make it really easy to shop. Um, so whether you're going for a cozy vibe, you can shop that. A more elevated look, they've got it all at sax.com. And those categories I was talking about, they get really specific. Like if you want to shop by your star sign, because you know I am like a Cancer Moon Leo rising. I don't know if you knew that about me. Somebody told me that in the comments yesterday. I could shop that way if I wanted to. You could find the perfect revenge dress from brands like Christopher Esber and Cult Gaia. Another great reason to shop at Saks is because they do such a great job of discovering new up-and-coming designers, and you can start wear wearing certain tings before everyone else. Like, the outfit I wore to the Eras Tour, Danielle Guzio, like, found it at Saks before everybody else, and now everyone's wearing it, and, like, I was cool because I had it before. So discover new ways to shop for everything every day at Saks.com. That's S-A-K-S dot com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. Drizzly is the most convenient way to get beer, wine, and spirits delivered to your doorstep right when you want it. Their tailored experience lets you find the perfect drink for the occasion, no matter what it is. You'll save big time by shopping a huge selection of drinks from wherever you are. You'll save money by comparing prices on drinks across multiple stores. Great for gifting, like you're headed to a dinner party and you told your husband to pick something up and he, of course he didn't, but you're leaving in like two hours. Do it on Drizzly. It'll show up and do all the work for you. You can get a nice bottle of wine. It's nice to show up somewhere with something and Drizzly understands that. So the last minute gift is covered with the option to schedule ahead, ship and deliver gifts on demand. So if like you're on your way out and you realize you forgot, ship directly to their door, saving everyone time. Also, another fabulous part about Drizzly is that in a lot of cities, you can get our canned cocktail spirit society on it. It's just fabulous. I love Drizzly. Um, so download the Drizzly app. Don't be stupid. Or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Use code toast and you'll get $5 off or $0 delivery fee off your next order. You must be 21 or over. It's not valid in all states. Codes cannot be combined with any other offers. Not valid at all retailers. Code expires November 10th, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Drizzly, for sponsoring that code one more time. Dr download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Use code toast. You'll receive $5 off or $0 delivery fee off your next order. Must be 21 or over. Not valid in all states. Codes cannot be combined with any other offers. Not valid at all retailers. Codes expire November 10th, 2023, 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story, a bit of podcasting rumor news. Oh, my God. Is it about us? Everyone's always starting stuff about us. No, not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. About a similar star, Meghan Markle is thrilled as she nears a multi-million dollar make or break deal for her podcast. So Meghan Markle is thrilled about being on the verge of landing her first major deal since parting ways with Spotify, according to a new report. The Duchess of Sussex is- like, How do they know she's thrilled? Like, Right. I mean, if you're, if you're signing a deal, any deal, I imagine you're- It's, it's thrilling. It's fair to assume. It's fair to assume. But yeah. the Duchess is said to be inching closer towards signing on the dotted line for a multi-million dollar contract with Amazon's podcast production partner, Wondering. Audible. Oh. Oh, Audible. Because Amazon's podcast, like in-house podcast studio is Wondery. Like they own Smartless. Yeah, but Audible is Amazon. Yeah, but that's audiobooks. Maybe they're combining their audio department. Maybe Wondery is under Audible. 
Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. A source close uh, told the Closer UK that the new venture has the power. To- oh, the most legit publication in all of UK. <laughs> the new venture has the power to make or break her Hollywood dream. That's a little extreme. Okay, this article's moronic, but what we're getting away, taking away, yes. is that her podcast is not over. And that she's talking to Amazon. Well, that's weird to me because the narrative with the last podcast was that they didn't want to do it anymore. And that's why the Spotify deal ended. Was that the narrative? Yeah, that like she didn't fulfill her duties. That's what people were saying. And so like they just ended it before all the episodes were contractually, all the episodes that she was obligated to do contractually, she hadn't even done them. That's what they said. Interesting. So maybe- Based on- Based on what I know about the Spotify podcast, I would have assumed she wouldn't be doing a podcast right, anymore. Right, Same, but I mean, maybe she liked it. And maybe now she knows like how many episodes she wants to do. Like maybe now that she has her feet wet, she's prepared to like make a deal that will work better for her. I for also, her I feel like that Spotify deal was very vague. Now I don't know anything, but it was just like, a deal and they had their holiday episode and then she started a podcast but it wasn't like you're gonna start your Meghan Markle podcast you're gonna give us 50 episodes a year I think it was kind of just like here laissez-faire here you go and then they were upset that they didn't produce as much as they had wanted but I mean obviously I didn't see the contract but that's the vibe I got because they let them get away with no content for years I have to imagine that the contract said x amount of episodes like that's just bad legal I could just see it being really vague. Like, because it also, like, that first show wasn't even part of archetypes. So it wasn't like she had a contract to do archetypes. Right. You know what I mean? They just had a contract yeah. to have Meghan and Harry on Spotify. I mean, I could truly, like, wax poetic for hours about, like, the Spotify exclusive podcast business model that they did for a few years. I feel like they're not doing it anymore. They took a lot of shows um, completely exclusively, but recently they released some of those shows. Like Armchair Expert is now available on a bunch of platforms. I believe Emma Chamberlain's is too. And Spotify still like does the distribution and like ad sales, like any random, I mean, any ordinary podcast network would do for a podcast, but they're no longer exclusive to Spotify. Call Her Daddy is and Joe Rogan is. I'm sure there are others, but those are the ones that come to mind. But I don't know, like their business model is like being shaken up now. Yeah. I think they're in a a period of transition, a period of flux. I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Well, I'm moving, so I totally relate to being in like a period of transition. And a period of flux. And flux, and also just having my period. Well... This is interesting. I When I saw the headline, it was like her make or break Hollywood dream deal. I thought she might go back to acting. Okay, yeah, like that's so dramatic. Her make or break. If there was like a make or break Hollywood dream deal, it would have been when she got on Suits. So that's over. And second of all, like she's already like A-list permanent. No, I know. Like, I would think a make or break Hollywood dream deal would be like a three movie deal with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, or I think what they're maybe gonna end up doing she goes the route of like Reese Witherspoon and does like because they just did like a book club they're optioning uh Emily Henry's book Happy Place which I absolutely hated um they're optioning it into a movie right was it Meet Me at the Lake oh literally same thing okay okay same thing Meet Me at the Lake yes I liked that book a little bit not uh I didn't hate it um so if she like started a production company and you know optioned 10 books like that's a make or break Hollywood you become like Reese right I just I feel like 
podcasting is not for her. And when I think about like what I would see her doing, it would be more like Joanna Gainsey, Oprah, like yeah. content. Oprah. Like we want to see you, first of all. It's true. You're a gorgeous lady. We want to see you. And, like, and we, we want to see, see the house. fashion. And we want to see the house. We want to see the vibes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's so true. Podcasting is for is, hiders. It's for ugly girls. No kidding. <laughs> I'm completely kidding. Um, I agree. She's far too beautiful to be like hidden behind a microphone. I agree. And it's also, and maybe this is was her experience. It sounds like such an easy job. And I think people underestimate the amount of like labor that's required to put out like a good piece of content, even if you have help. So maybe, and I think that happens to a lot of people. You start a podcast and it's just like, it was supposed to be a side thing, but it's a lot of fucking work. And you have to like leverage, leverage your personal relationships to ask people to come on. Like maybe she didn't want to do that. It's just, it's not as like dumb and simple as I think a lot of people think it is. And so maybe that was her experience. She was like, you know what? This is like too much work. I'm over it. But she's going back to right. it. Right. So that's the surprising piece. If true. Just keep in mind, this is not a person who needs to work like imminently. They have a good amount of money. They have a good amount of money. They would be okay. I think they... Will they do like need to work a bit? No, they need to sustain the lifestyle. To sustain the lifestyle, but I also think that they want to be top of mind, relevant, like yeah. in the press, spoken about. That helps their other ventures. You know, yeah, you got to have something going on. That goes for anyone. That goes for the business. That's Hollywood, baby. That's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz. Um, so let's just hope and cross our fingers. It's a vodcast. Yeah. The Spotify one was not. Even though Spotify likes a vodcast. Uh, everyone loves a vodcast. Yeah. Like, we want to see, bitch. Vodcasting is the new thing. Vodcasting greater than podcasting. We've been doing it since day one. That's the thing about us that nobody ever, like, gives us credit for. for the trailblazing effect of our business. Yeah, but we know. And that's, like, all that matters. Not. <laughs> not. Are you ready for our next story? I honestly and truly am. Some more memoir news this week. We've got another memoir coming out next week. I could give you a let me think. I could give you a million guesses, and you won't guess who's right. Who wrote their memoirs? Really? Yeah, he's just not someone you think about. Actually, okay. I guess I could give you some roundabout clues. Maybe yeah, you could yeah, get yeah. Because weirdly, when I think of this guy right now, like this is what I think of. Sadly, okay. I know there are more obvious clues, but this is what I think of. Father of Kim's friend. Lionel Richie? No, good guess. Rick Hilton? No, good guess. Okay. I'm going to get Father it. No, I'm going to get Father of Lifer. Father of Lifer. David Foster? No. Father of Lifer. You might not know this fun fact. Maybe not. Henry Winkler. I knew that. And I have a, a story about Henry Winkler. I don't know. I feel like every time he comes up on the toast, I've said it. He's only come up like once or twice. I had a really interesting interaction with Henry Winkler on a flight. What happened? Maybe it'll be in his was, memoir. No, literally, because it was, I, I think he was really taken by me. He gets on the plane and the seat that I was, New York to LA, the seat that I was sitting in was like the seat he needed because he was like with a, like his family or something. And he was like, do you mind switching? I actually ended up getting a better seat. So I was happy to do it. And when I heard it was for a celebrity, I was more than happy to oblige. He was so grateful. Like you would have thought I gave him like the shirt off my back. He was so grateful. And like the whole flight, every time he walked by me, he was like, oh, 
Thank you. Such a nice guy. And we just kind of became best friends after that. So I look forward to reading about it from his perspective. In yeah. his new memoir called Being Henry, The Fonz and Beyond. Yeah, he has like a huge legacy that I'm so unfamiliar with. Yeah. What is the Fonz? I have no idea. To me. It's a show. He's like yeah. the water boy. Yeah. But to other people, he's the Fonz. And I think being described as Kim's friend's dad. Right. Zoe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he has his memoirs coming out. Why do people memoirs call it? Memoirs of a Fonzie. Memoirs of a Fonzie. That would be a better name. But why do, when someone's written their memoirs, why is it plural, even though it's a memoir? It's a good question. Maybe because it's like their memories in a book, but it makes no sense. Um, what do you think is the best titled memoir Mem besides Girl with, no Girl with No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster? Memoirs of a Shy Sand. No, but like for real. Uh, I would need a list. I know you, you what? Because I have an answer. It was Reza Farahan from Shaws of Sunset, Memoirs of a Gay Shah. Oh, Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a better titled book. No, I didn't even hear that. Honestly, like it, that's the kind of book where it's like you, you have the title first and then you write the book yes. to suit the title. A hundred percent because I cannot hear the word memoir without thinking of that film Memoirs of a Geisha, which I've literally never seen. I don't even know what it's about. You know, I, it's a book first and I think it's an amazing book. I haven't read it or seen the movie and I think that's a book that we should read. Maybe do it for the, the redheads. It's, I'm sure someone in of the four of us has read it, but it's historical fiction. Oh. oh. It, you know what I mean? Like, I actually should read that. Yeah, like memoirs of a, I always am saying something like that. Memoirs of a something. Memoirs of, of a, a Shiza. Oh, somebody gave me a good, uh, my friend, our friend Joe Grun, he texted me because he listens to the toast and I was saying, what should my next book be called? A Tale of Two Turdies. Which two of these turdies? So he's like, you need to have kids. And like, then there's like two turdies, like the new mom era. And then like the previous whack job turdy. Okay. But you really want turdy in the title? Like, no, but yes. We'll work on it. Just, it's a starting point. But speaking of his memoirs, Henry Winkler has written his, and he's opening up about rejecting the lead role in Greece. I love these stories. I love these stories. Um... So it only took one word spread across three syllables for Henry Winkler to go down in television history. In his first audition for Happy Days, Winkler dropped his iconic A, which became an immediate signature for his 1950s greaser, Arthur Fonzi Fonzarelli. I guess that's... Oh, so it's Happy Days. I guess so. But I'm so unfamiliar. after his effortlessly cool character became a bedrock of the hit American sitcom across the show's 10-year run... I love run, the word bedrock. Bedrock. Beans are the bedrock. Right. <laughs> Winkler found himself paralyzed. This is a People Magazine article that's incredibly well written. Mm. Winkler found himself paralyzed by fears of being typecast, going so far as to turn down the role of Danny Zuko in 1978's Grease, which was ultimately played by John Travolta, he writes in his memoir. He's I need to look up what a young Henry Winkler looks like just so I can visualize him as Danny Zuko. Henry said, I was dumb. I spent so much <laughs> energy, so much time. I spent so many sleepless nights thinking, how do I not get typecast? What would he tell actors facing a similar predicament today? You go with the flow. What you do is you prepare to reinvent yourself. You do something completely different and then come back to center. I feel like the idea of being typecast, like the, the predicament of being typecast is 
such a good problem to have, like such a, a, dream. a luxury to be like, oh, in so many things as this, so many popular things as the same person. Like, okay, if you ever get to that point, like a good problem to have. I just looked up a picture of a young Henry Winkler. Um, he looks literally like Danny Zuko. His hair is gelled back and he was wearing a leather jacket. And I guess that might've been what his character on Happy Days was like. So we didn't want to do another like slick back bad boy thing. So I get it. And you know what? It kind of served him well because my sort of uh, association of Henry Winkler is like family man, cutie, like opposite of Danny Zuko. So it worked. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, that movie like made John Travolta after Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever. So like that was good for John Travolta. It was good for Scientology. And I guess good for Henry, Henry Winkler. It was meant to be because John Travolta is meant to be Danny Zuko. I'm not looking yeah. for a different Danny Zuko. I feel like whenever we hear about missed casting news, like things that almost, it's always from Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. So I'm glad to have gotten this from another news source. From a primary source. From a primary source. I don't know if I would read this book. I don't think that I would. I, I, would, I would require too much Googling for me. And also it's like, I don't even know how Happy Days was received. Was it the biggest show on TV? I don't know how many seasons. It was. It was? Yeah, but like, if, unless you lived it or even remotely familiar with it, I don't feel like it would be interesting. Yeah, but then like I read um, a memoir last year by Carrie White. She was a celebrity hairstylist like in the 70s, 80s. And you would think like that, wouldn't do it for me, but it was so fascinating. Yeah, I remember. It's called Uppercut. I highly recommend. I like that name. That's a good title. Oh, what's Henry's title? Being Henry. It's a little basic. And then subtitled The Fonz, dot, 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 and beyond. If he had played Buzz Lightyear, that would be like better. Did he? Who plays Buzz Lightyear? I'm trying to think. It could I know be. Tom Hanks is Woody. Uh -huh. Who plays Buzz Lightyear? Like Tim voice. Allen. Classic. Yeah. Classic voice. Um, well, happy for the Fonz. Happy for my former seatmate. And like, it's so good to see him out here, like, you know, doing big things. Why is it memoir season? That's a good question. Well, a, a lot of books do come out before holiday season, True. October, November, because that's just good for book sales. Yeah. So I think, I do believe that's why. Another memoir that's really amazing is The Camper and the Counselor. Yeah, A Young Girl's Struggle. It's beautiful. To find herself in a whole new yes. world. It's kind of a coming of age story. It is a coming of age story. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who it's like, this is a great book, not even about camp, just about like separation anxiety, about leaving your parents for the first time to do anything, like a yeah. sleepover. It has- Theo needs that book. It has eternal lessons. Yeah, it's a universal story. It is. It really is. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe's Harry Potter stunt double was paralyzed after Deathly Hollow's set accident, and now the two have teamed up for a documentary to tell his story. So Daniel Radcliffe has boarded the upcoming HBO original documentary called David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived, as an executive producer, in addition to being prominently featured in the film as an interview subject. The movie, which is set to debut in November, chronicles the life of Daniel's Harry Potter stunt double, who worked closely alongside Daniel from Sorcerer's Stone all the way to Deathly Hallows Part 1, when he was tragically paralyzed during a set accident. Holmes broke his neck performing a stunt and was paralyzed from the chest down. 
The official doc synopsis from HBO reads, the film is a coming-of-age story of stuntman David Holmes, a prodigious teenage gymnast from Essex, England, who was selected to play Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double in the first Harry Potter film when Daniel is just 11. Over the next 10 years, the two form an inextricable bond, but on the penultimate film, a tragic accident on set leaves David paralyzed with a debilitating spinal injury, turning his world upside down. As Daniel and his closest stunt colleagues rally to support David and his family in their moment of need, it is David's extraordinary spirit of resilience that becomes their greatest source of strength and inspiration. Oh my God, I literally have chills. I chose this story. I just want to get credit for it. Um, Because I saw it and I was like, this is so fabulous. You know, telling a story that would never get told. I feel like situations like this get buried because like Hollywood doesn't want like their practices to be called into question. Um, I love that Daniel Radcliffe is associated with it. One, because it'll just get more eyeballs on it because that's how the world works. And two, I think if he wasn't on it, depending on how the story is told, like he could come off almost like a villain. I don't know what happened, but the fact that he's a part of it and amplifying the story and, you know, he has a friendship with this guy, I think it's fabulous. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. I didn't even know this story. I'm not a Harry Potter swirly, uh, so maybe it's, known in that community but I also feel like there are probably a lot of stories like this that don't get told like this I would do I would watch a documentary on like stunt community in general stunt culture yeah I mean it's definitely a crazy job to choose it's for that thrill-seeking type of guy or gal yeah I, it's like the that's a job I could never do. I'm like afraid of fucking everything. Yeah, I actually saw a video recently. You know how everyone says like Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Like that just like uh, yeah. never meant anything to me. I saw the video. I think too. I might have sent it to you because I was so impressed by like what it meant for him to do his own stunts. You probably sent it to me on reels after I'd seen it a few times. No, you sounded impressed, and it was just like him riding a motorcycle off a cliff over and over and over again. Yeah, I agreed. Like Tom. Cruz does his own stunts. Like, those are words that meant nothing to me. Yeah, just a couple of words strung together. Especially because I never saw Mission Impossible. Like, I don't know what the stunts are, you know? But I agree. I saw the visual of that. And also him, there's a scene where a plane is taking off and he's, like, literally holding onto the plane on the the wing. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I saw that, too. He's a nut. (laughs) There's literally no reason for that. Like, in this day and age, like, do it in a studio and get a computer. Like <laughs> I Tom Cruise is so interesting. And you know what made me think about him? The perfect word for him is nutty. Like he's nutty. But I was just thinking about him because in Beckham, like when the Beckhams move to America, they become friends with celebrities, but they keep saying Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. Like as if Oh, did they? I don't even remember. Yeah, like he was always out with Tom Cruise. Like as if that was like the biggest guy in the world. And like I guess that he is. He was. No, he's not. He was like back in the day because now um, with the Internet, like people know things about Tom Cruise, like Scientology. No, and like I think even a lot of that came out after he divorced Katie Holmes. Yeah, Katie Holmes was like who they were double dating with at the time. But like even every time Tom Cruise comes out with a movie, it's it's number one. He's like the biggest movie star still. But he just he's like kind of that definition of like an old school movie star. We don't really have like movie stars anymore because everyone does a million movies on all the streaming. But back in the day, there was a couple movies a year that were the biggest ones. And if there was a Tom Cruise movie, like he was the star. Like he was the definition of a quintessential movie but star. I, one, he still is. And two, it's just like it doesn't compute for me. Just like Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Like Tom Cruise new movie. Like I just am not paying attention. It's not our genre. So 
it was just crazy. Like it's David Beckham. He's coming to America and it's about Tom Cruise. So who do you think is like the next Tom Cruise? Where it's like every movie is a success. I think it's Miles Teller. I feel like Top Gun was like the actual the passing, passing of, of the, the baton. Yeah, but I feel like Miles Teller will do and has done like more like artsy introspective movies where it's like Tom Cruise action. Yeah, yeah, no, like mass appeal. They're just action movies, good or bad, Mission Impossible. Like Miles Teller, I guess like, like, Tom, like Cruise doesn't Marvel. Get, Tom Cruise doesn't get nominated for an Oscar. So I guess it's like Marvel, maybe like Chris Hemsworth or Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Pratt of the Chris but variety. Even, but no, Chris Pratt being a movie isn't a guaranteed box office success. It kind of is. No, it's really not. Why? What What recently? Even like his like Super Mario. Super Mario. Huge. Was, yeah, really? it broke like, like every record. Yeah, they, people didn't like it because they don't like him, but it broke every record. That's literally Tom Cruise. I, I stand by like a, a Chris Hemsworth. I think it's a Chris of the Pratt variety. Yeah, you're right. It's not like the Oscar arts Jura- like good Jurassic movies. World. Yeah, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of franchises under his belt. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Claudia, these two people are the same. But I don't think of Chris Pratt as like so famous as a person. Do you know what I mean? I Like I don't think he gets hounded by paparazzi. You know? I think that if he wanted to, he could. Yeah, maybe Tom Cruise wanted to. Yeah, but now he doesn't. No, no, no. Interesting. Highway to the danger zone. Ba ba da. You know? I do know. Anyways, the documentary on the stunt double looks fascinating. Oh, yeah. We took that really far. Um, it does look fascinating. And it makes me really like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, amplifying, you know, the silenced voice of this person. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, another one. Let's talk about it. Let's, because I've been dying to talk about it for a fucking minute. What do you have to what say? An, it, I don't know. I don't know either. What an, what an interesting fella. You think he's set for life financially? 1,000%. And that's kind of the dream. I know he does yeah. like other smaller projects now. And like. He does, like independent. Yeah, and like comedy. He kind of can like fuck around and do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's, I feel like he's done like some projects with Funny or Die. Yeah, he has this show that's like a medieval parody show. Okay. Um, but yeah, he just can fuck around. He has mailbox money for life. Love that. You think Ron Weasley does? Yeah. And Emma? Yeah. But she continues to work like in mainstream Yeah, things. but she also chooses like some dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dogs. Like yeah, she sure. chooses unprofitable things. Not yeah, Beauty not, and the Beast. Not Beauty and the Beast. Not Beauty and the Beast. But I feel like, I don't know why I feel like she didn't want to do it. Oh, I'm also so glad you talk about that because I've been dying to talk about it for a fucking minute. And I feel like maybe yeah, honestly. Beauty and the Beast is my absolute favorite recent Disney film in like the last 20 years. It's the best hands one. Hands down. It's unreal. It's perfection. It's perfection. We've watched it a thousand times. We know everything about it. We watch like the DVD extras. And you're right. Like Emma Watson has this uh, this attitude where she's like clearly doing it for the money and she thinks this is stupid. No, I don't even think it's for the money. Like maybe she was blackmailed or something, but you just get the sense that she, she doesn't want to be there. And if you watch the movie now through that lens, <laughs> you will understand what we're saying. And I think it's because she's fiercely feminist and uh, Disney at its like, you know, basics, especially that film, you know, she marries her captor. Like it's not the most woke, you know, female first 
herstory type of film but that's why we love it right so it's like why and, did she take it and even when she like taught when she right. would do interviews about the role she was like I really wanted Belle to be like you know um more of like a, an industrial modern woman like you know can take care of herself independent so that's why they have that scene of her doing her laundry in an innovative way no and that's why um I also saw this <laughs> in a um in a dvd extra something that was Emma Watson's idea was to have Belle's like dress that she wears throughout town be hiked up on the side, a signal that she's an industrialist because she can't be walking around town in a dress. Her dress needs to be hiked up with her boots so that she can, you know, do her laundry in an innovative way. Yeah, so she does her laundry in an innovative way, thus, you know, flipping on its head the, yeah. the message of Stockholm Syndrome in the movie. She's very mechanical that she learned from her father. And I'm just like, so why'd you do it? Yeah, like, let's get a woman in here who doesn't care. Like, because it just kind of puts this cloud over the movie of, like, Emma Watson hates this movie. Oh, my God. You're so right. And, like, we know Emma Watson. We know her personality and her values and what she stands for. And we, we know, honestly, like, Belle is different. Like, Belle's not like no, that. Belle is just a traditional woman who likes to read. Yeah, and, like, wants to be taken care of. Yeah, she you know? saw that castle. She got ideas. She was impressed. She had ideas. So you're right. I guess like the one fatal flaw is that Emma Watson's like personality really doesn't align with the character of Belle and she doesn't do a good job of hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Emma Watson is just one of those girls and I feel like I'm ta I always talk about them like this new modern wave feminism who like wears t-shirts that say you know the future is is hers, hers to Ray, the future is female. It's very like performative in my opinion like white woman's activism and doesn't actually move the needle and those people like don't actually support women. No. Um, this is like my, that's just my, I don't know if that's true about Emma Watson. That's just how I receive it. That's that sort of activism. And it doesn't align with like the Disney of yore. No, it doesn't. She tried to like make it something that it's not okay. Belle did her laundry. Cool. Right. Belle's skirt was hiked up a little bit. Cool. But like not in a provocative way, no. in an industrial way. No, and in a, like a signaling way so that you. Oh, yeah. And so then, that like, you, eight-year-old viewer, know she's not like other girls. And then there's that scene where her dad is, you know, being crazy Maurice. And he's putting together some piece of technology with gears and shifts and he can't figure it out. And in two seconds, Belle comes over and she's like, father. She flips the little gear, flips the switch. Now it works. She's brilliant, that Belle. She's brilliant, that bell. So Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have to work. Right. That's where that's what we were going. For. And until I experience Harry Potter, which I do believe like as a boy mom, that's in my future. 100%. So that's why like I'm not going to clown on Harry Potter. I just like kind of take a step back and I'm like, I don't know anything, but I look forward to entering the world because I think once I do, I'll be obsessed. And also ever since someone told me that I'm a Ravenclaw and explained the traits of Ravenclaw girl I'm a Ravenclaw I was told I'm a Gryffindor I think you are a Gryffindor like affable you're such a Ravenclaw and I literally don't even know but I know they probably read no, they're like independent thinkers like question everything that's so come to good. their own conclusions you Gryffindor is like very affable is the vibe yeah I'm definitely a Gryffindor um all I know is that if somebody calls you a Slytherin like they hate you and they think you they think of you like an extremely low but do, do they not hate you more if they call you Hufflepuff I just think like, and maybe I, I, I have a lack of knowledge. I just feel like Huffle if you call me Hufflepuff, like you're calling me fat. 1,000%. 1,000%. And I don't know, but it's just the vibe. Yeah. 
Like Hufflepuff is like, it's puff. <laughs> it's chubby. Yeah. And from like the few moments I have seen of Harry Potter, like I just remember like one Hufflepuff character that was chubby. Yeah, no, that's definitely facts. I'll need to look more into it. I can't imagine it's a whole house of chubby people. If I have to imagine like Hufflepuff, it's Bruce it's that from more like it's yeah, it's like that more chubby, affable type of person, but who's severely underestimated intellectually. If I had to guess, got it. And Gryffindor is like that affable kind of like color war captain main, vibe, main character energy, color war captain. Yes. Yeah. Slytherin is like really smart intellectual who uses their powers for evil. Yeah. And blonde, or if you're blonde. And, yeah, of course. And I think Ravenclaw is the opposite of that, like really smart intellectually, but you use your power for good and like you think critically. That's why yeah, our girl is Ravenclaw. I've seen definitely like Chamber of Commerce, whatever that first movie's <laughs> called. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets, Secrets. <laughs> and I definitely saw the second one. And that's it. And I was shocked to find out, actually, because I never like fully kept up with it, that Robert Pattinson plays a critical role in a later film. Mm. It, Twilight wasn't his first franchise. He's done this before. I think seen I've seen this, this film, film before. And I didn't like the ending. I've actually, I think mm. I have seen a couple Harry Potters just because like, you know, at camp we had to go see a movie, Harry Potter. Yeah. There was one. Ben's obsessed. There was one with a tree, a big tree. It was spooky. Sorcerer's Stone? I don't know. Let me try and guess the names of the Harry Potter but, movies. I know Chamber of Commerce and I know Sorcerer's Stone. I know those are the I first also, two. I believe I those are the two I now know Deathly Hollows. I guess it was part one and two because we just read this article. That was Deathly Hollows. Okay, so that's first two and second two. And there's seven movies. There are. So we need the, the middle What's three. What's also crazy is that in the UK, they're called something different. I believe Sorcerer's Stone is called Philosopher's Stone. Worst name. I think so. Like, where did I... Harry Potter Philosopher's Stone. I feel like one of the films has the word portal in it. Like... Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think I saw that on, like, a um, first edition, like, website where you could, like, buy... Mm, a, mm, mm. a Harry Potter books. Let's go through them. See if they ring a bell. Chamber of Commerce. Harry Potter, the complete collection on eBay. Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Oh, classic Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I'm familiar. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I don't familiar. know. Familiar. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Oh, I know him. I know him less. And then Harry How much Potter. Is the full collection going for on eBay. And, and the Deathly Hollows. Let's see. This one's $50. For seven books? Yeah, one to seven. It's like not a bad price. No, but why would you buy this on eBay and not Amazon? No, it's a good point. Especially it's a not like first edition or anything. Like, Actually, like I think you're it's like a to better be... price than Amazon. Yeah, I guess if you're trying to be like sustainable. Trills. Trills. No, and this trips. is definitely a better price than Amazon. Like you're getting a deal here. I just assume because it's on eBay, it's going to be like more. Uh, antique. Yeah, yeah, first edition. Yeah. Hmm. So if anybody wanted the complete set, go ahead. Now are you ready for our next story? Is it our next story that's brought to you by State Firm? It is. 
The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create a plan that gives you options so you get an affordable price. And it comes with a lot of benefits, like the coverage you want, a policy that helps cover what's important to you, and an affordable price just for you. Because after all, life is just better when you can personalize your experiences. So think about it like this. What are your music playlists, podcast feeds, and social media scrolls all have in common? Well, they're a reflection of you. We all know my social media is full of airs yelling at New York City doormen to let them in the club, even though I found out yesterday that that episode, that video was a scam. Jackie's very much like in her, you know, breastfeeding content, co-sleeping, whatever those words are. We're, we're different, but we're so similar. And insurance is the same way. We require different coverage, even though Jackie and I are so similar. Jackie's a homeowner. She lives in a different state. She has a Tesla. I'm a renter. I live in New York. Like we have different needs and State Farm understands that. That's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. It gives you options to help you personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most all at an affordable price just for you. So you can see yourself in more of everything that you love. Like a good neighbor, oh my God. <clears throat> like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Today's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time. It's all done in one place and it's all done on your terms. So there's a million reasons why you could start a website. Uh, one of them being it's 2023. Like what are you doing if you don't have a website? If you're starting a side business or an e-commerce website, Squarespace is fabulous. Starting a website can be extremely overwhelming and daunting. Squarespace makes it easy. They've got templates. It'll make your website look like a professional did it, but it was really just you in your basement. So again, e-commerce is a great reason to have a website. If you're a photographer, a videographer, an artist, and you want to showcase your assets, have a portfolio of your work, they can do that too. They have flexible templates. You can get started with one of them. With designs for every category and use case, you'll be able to customize your look, update content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can also do email campaigns where you drive sales and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. You can easily collect subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. In my opinion, one of the best parts is that if you are a seller of something and you sell online but you want to sell in person you can sell in person by connecting a square reader to the squarespace app you'll be able to keep your orders your inventory and your customer data in sync with your online store so head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch go to squarespace.com toast to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain that's squarespace.com toast thank you la yeah well our next story it's that time of year it's the greatest time of year. And it's the time of year for a lot of things. But I feel like one thing we always talk about around this time of year is the crown because it always comes out again in November. Oh, does it? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I'm excited. So the final season, part one comes out November 16th. Part two comes out on December 14th. I don't know if that means like there's just two long episodes or what have you. But the... Wait, what? Part one of the final season. So is it like five episodes and five episodes, 10 episodes and 10 episodes, one episode and then one? No, Latchard. That's not the point of the okay, story. Sorry. Just because you have the iPad, I thought you like. No, I mean, I, that's not the point of the story. So they just like drop that okay. confusing tidbit, which I, okay. which I then had to like relay as if I understood. As an expert. But the point of the story is that the crown creator, Peter Morgan, reveals how Queen Elizabeth's death changed the show's ending. Mm. 
So Peter okay. Morgan, the mind behind the crown, explained to Variety in a new interview that he was compelled to change direction with, with the hit television show as a result of the Queen's death. He said, we'd all been through the experience of the funeral. So because of how deeply everybody will have felt that, I had to try and find a way in which the final episode dealt with the character's death, even though she hadn't died yet. So the... Right, because we're saying goodbye to her like forever. And the show will end in 2005. He said it was important to keep the cutoff, to keep it historical, not journalistic. So it stops almost 20 days before present time. This last season. 20 years. 20 days. (laughs) This season will delve into um, Prince William navigating life in the wake of his mother's death, the marriage of Charles and Camilla, the early stages of William and Kate Middleton's relationship, and the relationship between Diana and Dodie Fayette ahead of their fatal car crash in Paris. No, and who just died? Muhammad Fayette, right? Yeah. Dodie died in the car. Right. Oh, and then um, Muhammad died, yeah, I guess. Just just recently, recently. like a year ago. right. I love the actor who plays him. I don't know what Mohammed Fayed was like in real life, but he's so fucking he's funny. He's so affable in the show. Uh, no, I relate to him. Like, all he cares about is fame. And he's like, I have endless amounts of money. Get me no, fame. And not even just fame. Get me to the queen. Yeah, no, he had big dreams. I'll buy this house for the queen. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm obsessed with him. Um, now, I love the crown. And I love royals. And I love you know, modern royals, but I feel like the beauty of the crown for me was learning so much about a time before I was alive and the crazy things that happened in the royal family, but also in England and in the world. So I feel like a little fatigued by modern, like the Diana years. I feel like there's been so many documentaries and films and I feel like we're always talking about Diana with Harry and Meghan. So I'm a little, I'm a little Diana Ered fatigued. But I'll still watch it and love it. But I think I'll probably end up, when I rewatch the whole series in 10 years, really preferring the earlier seasons. Yeah, and like the creator said, we're getting into a territory where it's like, the history hasn't been written. It's a little bit disputed. Yep. It's a lot of like, it's up for he debate. said, she said. So I am, I think the 90s portion will continue to be very interesting, especially like how Charles navigates being with Camilla. I don't really know. Even that all that stuff about like the phone call and the tampon. Tampon. I didn't know any of that. So to me, that was still like things in which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I do look forward to seeing the portrayal of William and Kate just because that's always fun. Yeah. But I, no, but the best part of the crown is like literally after the episode Googling and being like, oh my God, this, these things really happen. Uh, Princess Anne getting her toes sucked on the beach. Right. So, but I think like up until 2005 for me personally, so I would have been 13, like I still wasn't paying that much attention, let alone to like the royal family. I didn't have a care in the world. Yeah, no, that's fair. Unless that's like, totally they fair. were meeting the Spice Girls. Then I care. Which they were. Then I, I wonder care. if the Spice Girls yeah. would be in. You know how sometimes... They just like put, yeah, like Jackie Kennedy was in an episode. Random like celebrities, real people who met the queen. Yeah. So I'm really excited for the final season of The Crown. It is still my dream for the uh, next crown to be like a crown prequel and to be about Queen Victoria. Oh, I would like that. They should do like more crowns, but just go back further. No, I totally love, or different um, countries. Countries. They could do CC. Russia. Austria. They could do Russia for days. Right. That's the, uh, wait, don't tell me. Romanovs. Yeah. Just wait till you get sucked into the Romanovs turdy. No, it's in my future. I'd love that for you. Yeah. Um, Even though there was an episode of The Crown. Yes. About the Romanovs and it, it ended, seemed that the Romanovs ended poorly. I can't right? they all imagine killed? a worse fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they Jewish? No. 
Oh, okay. I'm, I'm conflating two historical Certainly moments. not a friend to the Jews. Oh, so I don't really care how they're faithful. Yeah, either. that's always like, I'm obsessed with Russian history. I know. And all the czars. And then it's like, I'll read about them and it's also glamorous and interesting. And it's like, but then like the way they treated their Jews is literally why we live in America now. Like that's right, where our family right, hails right. from. As Russian girlies uh, ourselves. Yeah, so um, it's, it's hard to, you know, balance, but I just keep it separate. No, that's just whenever you, as like, a Jewish person or even like any person who's a conscious adult who knows about the Holocaust, but especially as a Jewish person, when I get into something historical, that's not like world war two, like Downton Abbey, it starts in 1912. I'm like, well, what were these peeps doing in 1939? Oh, yeah. And they never get there in Downton Abbey. I think the show's, then the movie ends. It's like 27 is the first movie. Right. So maybe we're at like 1930. I don't think they'll get there because it gets dicey, but it does, you know, beg the question. I always think like when we get there, Cora from Downton Abbey is Jewish. So, you know, maybe she is a story No, but maybe that's why engaging in like British history is enjoyable because they never became Nazis. That's so, so true. So you can root for them. They didn't become Nazis, but they experienced the war, the they world war. They fought Nazis the whole time. Right, they were good they, Yeah, so you can always root for them. So I'm not worried about, you know, what Robert Grantham was doing. Like, he was fine. Oh, that's true. I guess, like, Cora's not going to get taken out of her house by a Nazi because the ledger says she was Jewish. Right, because they never made it over. They protected, yeah. Um, and even in Downton Abbey, Robert Grantham actually does, like, mention Hitler once because of Edith's mm. husband who went to Germany. The Marquis. No, Edith's husband... Oh, Michael. Michael went to Germany and disappeared. And he they were talking about the yeah, brown yeah. shirts. And, and they were like, there are these guys, they wear brown shirts and they're mad. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. So that was like a little Easter so, egg. So, such a good point. Um, So what was I saying? So yes, yeah, so the Romanovs. And it's like every Tsar, some were terrible. And then, you know, one dies and the next one's like, what's it going to be for the Jews? Right, you were saying, um, though, that the crown should do other generations and other countries. Yes, other generations would love, other countries would love. Really, someone should do something extensive on the Romanovs because there's so much there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I feel like I've, I've watched everything that I can. There's a really good documentary on Netflix, but it's not like scripted or anything. And I know there's that one show with Elle Fanning that I didn't like. Please don't tell me to watch it. The Grit. Catherine the it's Great. It's called The Grit. Yeah. And it's not good. Sorry. I watched actually weirdly the first episode. Did you like it? No, she goes and just gets in the first episode like married off, off, right? To marry. But it's not good. They try to make it like comedy. It's funny. Please don't tell me to watch it. I've tried. I've tried. And it should be something I would love. So that's how bad it is. Yeah. Our fifth and final story is like a little bit of viral news. You know us. We love to talk about what everyone's talking about. Yeah. And there's a list of places going around that women refuse to go on a first date. Okay. So this all started on TikTok. Let me explain because I know you don't know. This woman went viral for making a TikTok in her car about this first date she was going on and the guy took her to the Cheesecake Factory and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? She was very funny, but it sparked a debate about like, would if someone took you to the Cheesecake Factory, would you be upset? So here's a list of places women refuse to go on a first date and let's discuss and real as much as I love the Cheesecake Factory and I I would love to say like you know if someone took me there on a first date that would not be a deal breaker if they took me there on a first date like in a serious way I I think it's so hard for like a blank to make a blanket statement 
on a place because first of all, where right. do you live? Do we, that's the big question. In a lot of places, like the Cheesecake Factory is the only, you know, nice sit down restaurant for miles. So circumstances, socioeconomics, like there are a lot of different factors. Yeah. So are you answering the question like broadly or as you yourself? So, okay, let's set the scene. I met this guy on an app. He barely knows me. Like, it's not someone who knows that I love the Cheesecake Factory because like if Ben took me there, I'd be like, fuck yeah. yes. He barely knows you. You live in New York City? Or you live in like See, that's the a thing. smaller city? I don't know. If I live in the city, it makes no sense. There's 1,000 restaurants before I get to right. a Cheesecake, cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory is actually Logistically. Yeah, it's, it's outside of the city. It's right, in Jersey right. City. Okay, let's go through. The list. One, Cheesecake Factory. Two. I would be okay with it. They serve alcohol. It's a Like, I really would. For real. Two, Applebee's. Okay. It's less nice. It's more of a neighborhood spot. There's a lot of, like, sports teams, you know, after school little leagues that go there. Maybe not. Where was, where did we go after Coachella? Was that Applebee's? Applebee's. It was fantastic. Yeah, but we went at midnight. That's true. It was like. So it was like a lit after, like, it's like a. Drunk munchie Got place. it. Three chilies. It's a little pedestrian. For a first date. Where yeah. you're trying to, you know, woo. Impress. Wine and dine. But again, like, it just depends on the person. Like, living in New York, you have elevated dining. So, of course, a chain like Chili's isn't considered fine dining. It's not considered fancy. But in different parts of the country, like, I just feel like this conversation isn't yeah, fair. Yeah, it's like in Glee when they go to breadsticks exactly like by the way perfect example the next one I actually think is a hard no no matter what and that's Chipotle it's a hard no no matter what you know they do serve beer and some some alcohol but like that is just not a romantic vibe even no and a lot of their seating is barstool high tops with no backs even like Olive Garden which is the next one like that could be more romantic agreed Olive Garden's okay six the movies agreed no matter who you are where you're from yeah, you're, first date because you're supposed to get to know someone, not sit in silence for right. three hours. Seven, your house. Agreed. First date. Agreed. Agreed as in as yes in or no? No. No, no yeah, you no. don't go to someone's house on a first date. In this climate? It, that and also like, take me out. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, eight, any fast food chain. Yeah. Nine, Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know. It's like a cute sports yeah, bar. It's a vibe. Like, I think it's I think okay. I think it's okay too. Ten wing stop. I've never been. S- very similar okay. to Buffalo Wild Wings. Like sports bar energy. I think it's fine. Eleven Red Lobster. Totally fine. It's elevated fine dining. Twelve. A buffet. The Golden Corral. I agree. Yeah. No. That's not the vibe. No, it's not romantic. And you really can't load up like you would want to. It's so true. It's like a waste of money to pay for the buffet because you can't like, you know, throw dinner rolls in your purse. 13 IHOP. Only because it's breakfast. Breakfast is not date. Date is like, you know, the lighting is lower. it's a little bright in there. Do they serve alcohol even? No. Yeah, I think you have to have a liquor license. I agree. 14 Denny's, same thing. Yeah. 15 The Gym. Duh. Oh, I didn't even know that was a th- up for debate. 16, no. interesting. Church. Say it was temple. Um, I think if that's your lifestyle, that's actually incredibly sweet. I agree. As long as we're going to get a bite but to like, after. 
No, and as long as we're on equal playing fields, like if this person's really, you know, very religious and the person, you know, going out on the date is not, like don't take me to your church if I don't like pray yeah. or if I don't ever go. But if these are two church going peeps, that's yeah, lovely. But we do have to get a bite to eat after. It's un undebatable. Isn't it like going to the movies? Like Yes, but it's a little bit different because you're connecting on a spiritual level. Yeah, you're not talking, you're getting to know each other. It's a li it's different than the movies, but it's yeah. similar. 17 Starbucks, agreed. No. 18 coffee dates, agreed. Like, that's not a romantic yeah. date. And certainly not a first date. Actually, I don't know. People do like coffee dates. It's like a quick way, like, let's see if we even, like, connect on the smallest level, and then we'll take it out for real. It's like kind agree, of a good... but that's, like, what going for well, a drink is for. And I, I just feel like coffee... If you're really in a place where, like, you're just, like, grabbing coffee to see if you even like this person, like, you must be going on so many dates. Like, it should be yeah. a little special thing. It should be special. It becomes a little kind and of, um, Coffee date is, mechanic. like, you can't drink coffee past five o'clock, so, like, we're just meeting in the middle of the day. Like, can't we have something special? Yeah, if we're meeting in the middle of the day for 30 minutes and, like, you know, it's our lunch break from work, it's, it's not like, special. what, just so I could get a look at you to say yay or nay? I feel like that's, like, very serial dating. Shallow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like speed dating yes. almost. And I, I don't think that's the way to be. Even though I do think you should go on a lot yeah. of dates if you're looking for a partner, but like not like that. Yeah. Ice cream dates. Cute. But even though it feels like a second half of a date, yeah. not, yeah. you know. It's like a... But I don't know. Strolling around a small town with an ice cream cone sitting on a bench. Yeah, that's cute, cute, actually. And that's a, that's a good like low budget date. And also... And I don't mean low budget in a negative way. I mean like if you're going on a lot of dates, you don't have to spend $100 every dinner. that's because you added the stroll. If they were just sitting in the yeah. ice cream shop, eating their ice cream and then going home, it's not enough. No, but there are definitely ways to do dating on a budget. And I think, you know, walking around a park at twilight, getting ice cream, sitting like that's yeah. cute. Walking. Yeah. With like a little food truck, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an ice cream truck. Yeah, exactly. Next family functions. Agreed. No. Agreed. Uh, next movie night. Netflix, Hulu. Agreed. No, because that also you have to be at their house. Next, somewhere that requires a long drive. Agreed. No. Yeah. Uh, next, bowling. I think bowling's okay. It's like a fun activity to get to know someone. They sell liquor there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I actually, I thought that was going to be on the list and I would disagree with it. Can you bowl just two people? Yeah. It's not as fun. No. Next, nightclub. Agreed. Agreed. Next, hookah bar. Agreed. Agreed. Next, a bar for just drinks. Disagree. Totally fine. Next, Waffle House. No. Next, sports events. It's kind of like a movie. But, um, yeah, it's better. I think it's I think okay. It's okay. That's kind of nice if someone takes you to a sports event. They, like, care. It's if both people are really into sports. Yeah. It's, like, common ground to connect yeah. on. And it's, like. That was a good story. Yeah, I thought it would spark some interesting combo. That's our show. Nice long one today. And I feel so good about it. This was like one of our best shows. The Bell thing. I'm cracking up. The Bell? B-E-L-L-E. Cracking up. So that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for listening to the Trust and Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give the thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Bulk Radio, IR, Castbox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us the Toast Leave a Five Star Review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Have a great day. Love ya. Bye. Bye.